welcome everyone to Elder Speak episode 67. Uh, this is Mart. I'm actually not truly dead, and believe it or not. Um, what happened was that Trevor, being the only one left alive, uh, re-resurrected me, so I'm a double zombie at the moment. Uh, but he has given me cognitive abil abilities, so I can actually communicate to you, uh, just like Gavin uh, has. So, uh, uh, being a double zombie, I'm actually more powerful uh, so I can go ahead and start off the podcast uh, by introducing Trevor. Hey, and it was quite easy actually. Wish, just wish Doctor Magic. It does everything. Yeah, I majored awesome. in it. So, <laughs> and Gavin, the only one dead zombie. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for me, Trevor's witch, witch master magic, whatever he calls it, just <laughs> and just had him pour a lot of curative potions on me, and it had the opposite effect. Thanks a lot. I now have uh, permanent yeah. burn marks all over my face. <laughs> and I thought it was an improvement, you know? It, it looked pretty good to me. Thanks, thanks. Now I look like Seal. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Uh, well, uh, I think we're just going to kick it off with the news. Being dead and everything, we have, you know, a lot of time on our hands. So uh, Gavin naturally has, you know, meticulously poured through this week's news for you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wonder what being dead does to your priorities. Being undead, twice dead, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, um, let's start off with one of our favorite zombie subjects here. Uh, in that respect, we mean we want to eat his brains right now, if, it if only because it will shut him up. We return to, of course, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, or Kotick, or however the hell you pronounce his name. And once again, he's coming out with another controversial idea. This uh, He's quickly becoming the curmudgeon businessman, the Uncle Scrooge of the gaming community. And uh, as soon as you hear the story, you'll know why. Bobby Kotick here, he wants to sell cutscene movie compilations in addition to games. What he means is here, uh, take all of the cutscene movies presence in an existing game, package them as a movie, DVD, box set, bonus features, etc., like that, and sell it at an additional $20 to $30 beside the game itself, beside the game proper. And, of course, this has gotten a lot of uh, fervor here, but um, the only fervor you guys care about is Mots and Trevor. So, Mots, are you going to pay $30 extra for your cutscenes? Well, the way I understood this was that they would be, uh, in addition, it would be a separate product from the game. So the yes, game yes. would have, you would pay 60 bucks for the game, and the game would have all the cutscenes. But yes. in, ad in addition to the people who didn't play the game, they can buy all the cutscenes for 20 to 30 bucks, correct? Yes, absolutely. I'm actually not that opposed to that. Uh, I think, you know, some games, uh, you know, might be seen as, as, as really, you know, great stories on their own. You, you, you really can separate the story from the game to some, uh, to some aspect. Um, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not too good with coming up with an example right now, but I believe that should be possible to do in a tasteful and 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 and, and well profitable way. Um, but then again, I, I'm kind of worried that this will impact how we make games and specifically how we design you know cutscenes, so that you know uh, f you know a cutscene everything every 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 part every aspect of the story of a game would be you know uh, condensed into each uh, um, each cutscene rather than having it slowly you know trickled out through the gameplay you know through uh, you know radio conversations or whatever uh, so if they do that and we go back to 
what we had like I don't know 15 years ago where every part of the story was you know just inside the cutscenes then that is going to be a huge letdown and that's going to be a big problem for me but if he's talking about taking the existing uh, cutscenes of the game not uh, and perhaps adding up adding a few more to explain what happened in between them and then selling that for 20 bucks then I'm totally fine with that I will personally buy the game instead but I can see why some people might want to just see the cutscenes. Trevor? Um, uh, wow. Uh, I disagree almost completely with that. Uh, it, that kind of deconstruction just isn't right. Um, it's taking the, the game out of video game. It's like if you uh, took some really famous black and white movies and we're like, we should make them a uh, color Blu-ray and 3D. Like you just, you just don't do that to a piece of work. You can't rewrite, you can't rewrite that kind of art. And you can argue whether or not video games are art or not, but I see it even wrong on other levels. One, um, the last thing anybody needs is to pull more development away from current generation games. Uh, the big downfall of video games in our time is that, uh, many developers are spending four years and several million dollars developing them. Uh, the last thing they need is to recoup more costs from uh, stitching and taping together cutscenes for just some sort of ludicrous uh, business plan idea. Um, more so, if you thought piracy of games was bad now, hell, if you're going to make this a compilation and I want it, I'm just going to download that. I won't even lie. Uh, it just doesn't seem right to me. It seems, much like everything else Kodak says, it seems terrible and and, and why. Mm. That's how I feel. So I, I guess, you know. I mean, I see what you mean, and I, 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 I agree to some, uh, you know, aspects, but I do think that it could be done without damaging the, the, uh, the, the game product itself. I think it could be... Um, I mean, cutscenes are already separate in a way from the game, anyway. So, you know, why not just? It's, it's, you know, in some games you can actually go to, um, you know, a theater section in the menu and view all the cutscenes you've unlocked. It would basically be the same thing, only you would, you know, push them all together and sell them at a cheaper price than the game itself. Uh, but would you would you want to watch a, a movie based off of, like, the Mona Lisa? You know, would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like a famous work of art. Would you want to see it in 3D? I'm trying to think of the accurate comparison for this. Well, I think, you know, it's it's kind of hard to make one because it, it already is. Separ- I mean, you're not really changing anything. You're just well, presenting you it in a different... If, you, if you're piecing together sequences, because the sequence of events that falls in between cutscenes is the part you're interacting with. Yeah. Um, if you're piecing that experience that you would have had from playing the game into just film then yes, you are editing the situation because the situation would have occurred differently depending on how the player interacted with the material. And now you're assuming what the player uh, would have done, thereby changing the medium. Or medium. It, 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 you know what I mean? Well, I mean, obviously it wouldn't work for for uh, games with a moral system or uh, you know open world games or anything like that. It wouldn't work with the games with choice. But I mean, a strictly uh, linear game like Final Fantasy XIII, for example, where this is already a movie, but we don't have to. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, something like that where the gameplay to many, you know, in in many aspects gets in the way of the story. You know, I could see myself perhaps. I mean, I I just can't get past Final Fantasy XIII, and I love Final Fantasy games, and I just I cannot sit through that game. And I you might have just checkmated me because I would much rather watch that game than play it. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I would never do this to something like Metal Gear Solid, which is my, you know, I would marry that game if I could, if it were released. Because so much of the story of that game is, even though people complain about the, you know, long-ass cutscenes, about 50% of the story of that game is actually in-game while you're playing. So, so you know, I would never do that to something like that. I would never do that to a Silent Hill or an Alan Wake. But I might, you know, want to do that to Final Fantasy XIII, mm. just because uh, it seems like a more more pleasant experience to me. Uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't it has to be that way for everyone, or it, and it doesn't mean it necessarily is. It just I think it's possible. I think you could do what Kodik is suggesting and actually make a decent product out of it and make something I would want to watch. Maybe not pay thirty bucks for, maybe something close to ten. But still, I think it's um, I think it's so, a idea. So like, um, if it's a sixty a sixty hour story, you may want to watch. Is kind of what you're saying. Like, if it's something that you have to put sixty hours of your time into just to see what's going on, it's not as bad. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the game. Uh, okay. I mean, if it's uh, like I said, if it's something like Metal Gear, where everything is so integral and everything is. Mm-hmm tied together so well, then I wouldn't dare to do that. But if it's something like Final Fantasy, where really the bulk of everything you need to know is in the cutscenes and everything else is just, you know, minutia, <laughs> yeah. then then I might want to do that. All right. Yeah. I'm actually more on Moss with this, which surprises anyone that's uh, heard my opinions on Kodak before. Um, problem is, I don't want publishers doing this. Yeah. I don't want because um, they're going to slap it on everything, and especially for Activision, it would be entirely stupid. Because what's their biggest franchise? Call of Duty. How does Call of Duty do its story? In-game, first-person moments strung together between set pieces. What you, in that respect, you won't be able to do in-game cutscenes. You're going to be putting a playthrough on a disc. And that's and yeah, it doesn't sound right, but that's what they're gonna do if they try it like this, and they're gonna sell it for thirty bucks, and it will sell. It's just not gonna be good. Or even um, worse, they'll yeah. force uh, Treyarch to start doing cutscenes. Oh, that would be just yeah. cutscenes in Call of Duty just completely re- uh, messes up the point. But uh, I think developers have already been doing this. I uh, Blizzard did it with the earlier Diablo's and uh, Starcraft, um, and more importantly, I think. If developers want that extra money, what they do is they put it in the special edition. I recall Metal Gear Solid 3 subsistence special edition, that's a special Mm -hmm. edition of a special edition, had all of the scenes meticulously re-edited and cut into a film format. And for Metal Gear Solid, uh, they took, what, probably eight hours and trimmed it down to three. So, um, yeah, I mean, if developers really want to do that, they'll find a way. But I don't think a massive publisher beginning that kind of precedent is a good is a good point for the games industry right now, especially since we've had a lot of trouble integrating story into the process of gameplay. I think this would be kind of a, a step backwards. I also Unless, think it's I also think but, it's it's strange that Cardic is the one to to um, to come up with this idea because 
you'd think you would have learned by now that if if there are any ideas that Activision is going to do that they want the world to think is a good idea, Kodak shouldn't be presenting it. <laughs> <laughs> you think, you think. I, I have no idea what's going through the P, uh, PR department, but we have focused on this far, far too long. Let's go to another person that got a lot of hate, but probably not as deserving of it. You guys remember Cami Dunaway? Oh yes. Oh yeah. The name may not sound the main may not uh, name may not sound familiar to our listeners. She is one of the pre, uh, she was one of the presenters for Nintendo's E3 press conferences, not this year, but to uh to 08 and 09, the the bad years mm-hmm. as we remember them. And she is famous for spending company time to talk about vacations and all that stuff. So she hasn't had the greatest run, but she has actually left the games industry. Not just Nintendo. She was the executive vice president of sales and marketing, so not necessarily completely involved in game production. She has left Nintendo, and she has left the games industry completely. She has another job that we don't know what it is exactly, but it's definitely not gaming. Uh, she was, and this is actually kind of odd for Nintendo because it's lost a lot of its executive staff since its move from Redmond to, Calif- uh, to the Bay Area in California. And that was uh, around 2007, 2008, depending on how you view it. So they've lost a lot of executive blood here, and I'm not exactly sure who's going to fill the seat. But if you weren't a fan of Cammy Dunaway's feet on, um, shown in those close-ups when, uh, for Sean White snowboarding, you're probably not going to have to deal with that anymore. So relief. But uh, Trevor, uh, you seem to you seem to gravitate to the name right away. You uh, happy? I, sad? I'm happy. I do not like her. Uh, I thought she wasn't. Nintendo's PR hasn't been good since 1996. Wow. Like they they don't do good anymore. And I guess that's a little bit. Probably the last time I truly saw any kind of Nintendo related uh, thing in media. Uh, and, and actually went out and decided I wanted something was uh, the original Super Smash Brothers, best commercial from Nintendo ever. But uh, even at the the E3 press conference, it's just just watching her was painful. And I don't know if it's just moms don't have a place uh, in video games, but I mean, Cooking Mama is doing just fine. I just you know I just don't like her. I'll tell you what though, I think it's uh, I think it was that. You know, she's probably good at her job, or else she wouldn't have that job, but she's just not the right fit. And it's not that she's a mom, or that she's, you know, of that age group and that gender. It's that, it's that she wasn't genuine. She clearly didn't want to be there on stage and talk about the things she talked about. And, you know, she, she had these very, very obviously fake smiles. And this way, this way of being that, that was very uptight and non-gamer-like. It was very demeaning to, yeah. to those of us who actually cared about the stuff she was talking about. Exactly. I, I think we can say that for the majority of Nintendo's press conferences up until this year. But, uh, yeah, good things all around. But we didn't just lose actual physical people. We also, this week, lost a virtual friend. Or maybe not a virtual friend, depending on who you think of. Project Milo's gone. Milo is Milo's dead. <laughs> We have a report here coming in that uh, the project has been canned completely, shut down, 19 contractors on the project been laid off and gone, and the rest of the staff has been reassigned to Fable projects currently in the works, one of which supposedly is a Fable-themed Connect title, which is good that they're not trying to force it into Fable 3. But point of the story here, Milo's dead. Milo was killed. Euthanasia. Yep. 
Mots, you uh, you sad to hear of his passing? You gonna you know toss a virtual flower on his grave? Well, I hope the technology keeps going. I hope it finds uh, finds oh, a no place, doubt. finds some market. No uh, I didn't. I wasn't exactly drawn to the idea of Milo the game, but you know me being a huge technology geek, which you might have noticed by now. That's some impressive tech, and I hope that finds its way into something uh, that Microsoft is doing with Kinect. Uh, so I'm not too sad, really. Uh, I feel sorry for the developers who lost their jobs. I think that's uh, kind of sad, and you know, being the team uh, behind one of the major, you know, draws or major talking points of Kinect and just getting fired—that's a bit of a yeah sour meal. But um, otherwise, I, I just I don't care. <laughs> Cover? Uh, I gotta say, uh, you know, I think the uh, resources are better allocated uh, around Fable, but the virtual pedophilia market just took a huge hit. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, they might go a little bestial for connectimals, but yeah, I can see what you're <laughs> what you're saying here. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, the technology was fantastic, and I'd actually mm-hmm. be more excited to see those people working on Fable than working on Milo. So I think it's yep. a plus. I'll tell Project you what. My, go ahead. After, sorry, after uh, reviewing and playing Move, I'm totally sold on motion gaming. Wow. Yeah. And it only it, took four years of the Wii and then yeah. uh, a PlayStation <laughs> adapter to, to make you feel that way. I, I know I'm kind of off, top, off topic here, but even though most of the games for Move right now is abysmal, just... They have the absolute best table tennis game that could ever be designed. That thing is so much fun. Um, so, you know, if, if they can have something similar, just something that can only be done with Connect and just be done the best possible way with Connect, then I'm going to buy it. Just no mm. question. So, whether or not that thing is, uh, Milo in a, in a new, in a new skin, um, it's not really important. As long as the ideas and the tech moves on. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. Project Milo, the technical solution looking for a problem. But uh, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to see it down the line. No way they would waste that much time developing tech without using yeah. it. Mm. But it's the moving from of 42. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Now moving on from technology demos to peripherals, we have an interesting story here. The Hard Rock Hall of Fame has accepted one of the first Guitar Hero peripherals into its library of paraphernalia from games. This includes, you know, very uh, various and anything you'd see strung up on a hard in a Hard Rock uh, restaurant. You have stuff from Hendrix, stuff from Kiss, stuff from Elvis Presley, and now a Guitar Hero controller. It was a big event hosted. Um, it was donated by the self, uh, probably self-described. I don't know how they rate these things. Um, biggest Kiss fan in the UK, Kevin Curtis. And the, and the guitar is signed by Gene Simmons, who is the narrator for war, the upcoming Warriors of Rock. But it's sitting up there now, right in between Hendrix's burnt guitar and Elvis's pants that he died on the toilet on. So, <laughs> Rock on Guitar Hero. Really uh, really interesting pedestal for them to be on. Uh, Trevor, you you, uh, uh, you big paraphernalia fan? Uh, all I know is, to me, the story is an out-of-touch museum receiving... Uh, Paraphernalia from an out-of-touch game signed by uh, out-of-touch rock stars. It, Yikes. The whole thing, like, does anybody no really, love, man. really care no about love. the Hard Rock Hall of Fame anymore? And by that, does anybody care about Guitar Hero that much anymore? 
And even if know, they do, do they care enough that they want it to be upheld as a musical symbol? Yeah, how can you compare a yeah. toy to, you know, something a legend used? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make it... I understand the impact of the series, uh, and I can see maybe somewhere that it had an effect on Rock itself, and therefore it deserves it or something, but it just seems... Especially... Guitar Hero series is just so shove it in your face, and it's just churning out sequel after sequel after sequel, buy this, buy this, buy this. It just seems like putting corporate into uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, I can't, I can't get behind that. Well, yeah. do you guys want to know something? Uh, an even more pointless product coming out? Sure, <laughs> please. <laughs> there have been a lot of uh, Michael Jackson properties coming out since his death, unfortunately. From uh, this is it to the recently announced Michael Jackson experience or whatever on the Connect and Move and Wii. Now we got another game for the PC, a free-to-play, get this, wait for it, massively multiplayer online game yes. called Project Michael, and there is no violence because the King of Pop was, of course, a pacifist, but it's a free-to-play MMO with a microtransaction-based economy. And it's part of the Entropia universe, which is, of course, a um, famous environment designed by McArk P.E.A.B., a famous, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, no one will know, realize what that is unless you realize it. So, <laughs> that for you guys, you'll know what it is. But yes, Michael Jackson MMO, pacifist MMO RPG. Trevor, you, you seem. Are you gonna run out and uh, sign uh, sign up, get your character started, get your Michael going? Man, no, I'm just so I'm really relieved because I was worried about the pedophilia market, and here we go. <laughs> We're right back on track. <laughs> they filled that gap really fast. I'm more disappointed. No, no lacks, the, the uh the the missing opportunity of making a thriller game because I actually would buy the shit out of a thriller game. Thriller well, to be fair, Project Mi- musical piece yeah. ever. Project uh, Planet Michael will feature areas based on his music, so probably Billy Jean <laughs> with a, up, a slide up sidewalk and probably Thriller, and you will dance to uh, defeat foes and as opposed to fight. So it's very much like the Moonwalker game. I was gonna say, is it the prodigal son of Moonwalker? Most likely, man. People were wondering where it is. It's Project we'll Michael. If I get if I get some Moonwalk and uh, be a part of Thriller, I will. I, I'll, I'll invest. Uh, Moss, you uh, you eager you chomping at the bit to get you some sweet sweet Michael Jackson dancing? Uh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. There's a baby dangling sim though. Oh yeah, the right. babies over balconies. It's, it's gonna be brilliant. It's gonna I mean, be sheer brilliance. I mean, who would buy? I mean, who would play this? I mean, I guess about like three, about thirty million Michael Jackson fans that buy everything he's ever been attached to. No, I don't even think they would play this. Oh, I, I think they will. I think they'll. I, I don't think they'll play it. I think they'll download Own it. it. Yeah. I think they'll buy my, a lot of microtransaction shit. I think they're gonna spend most of the time. Dolling up their avatars, walking around, and being social. And See, I, all the I'm game not even wants. sure that these 32 million uh, diehard fans you're talking about know how to work a computer. I, I <laughs> oh, guess well, some really, of them really do. I, them short. Yeah. No, no, I'm, it I mean, could actually like be a pretty sweet game if you think about it. Like, uh, save points could be plastic surgery rooms. <laughs> uh, monkeys everywhere. You can you heal can... yourself with you can heal yourself with Pepsi endorsements. There you go. You can set your hair on fire. Uh, for a good laugh. <laughs> no, no particular reason, just... You can marry Elvis's daughter in the game, I assume. Um, Obviously. There's a Table rehab stop. sequence where you get to uh, get pills. I mean, Ooh. 
Awesome. I just your dad gets to not care about you. This is the best game ever. <laughs> I I just read the last Trevor's line. Trevor's a booster, man. Trevor is booster. <laughs> <laughs> I just le- read the last line of the uh, of the news story, and I think I read it wrong because uh, it says, it, to my eyes, it said said the state's uh, uh, own other coke executor, John McCain. <laughs> well, it's actually John McLean, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I don't know. I think it's. I I I don't want to sell them short or anything, but I just I I don't even see. I mean, I guess Janet Jackson is probably gonna check it out, but. What would be really cool is a um an expansion pack with a Rhythm Nation level. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, if they can kind get the licensing, money. you'll get to buy uh, the Beatles catalog. <laughs> so do we? Oh, that's a, do we stab them further in the graves? Why don't you? <laughs> do we know what this gonna this is gonna be like? Is it going going to be like home? But with Michael Jackson? No, apparently there will be conflict resolved by dance. Like we said, it's a moonwalker in a larger social universe. With pedophilia. <laughs> Where every character is Michael. <laughs> no, I mean, probably just, you know, style, uh, stylized after him. A lot of people with one glove, kind of sparkly sequins. Yeah. If you catch Macaulay Culkin, you win. <laughs> and it's Prince, funny, that guy testified on him. Prince uh, and Lost Boss. I'm actually fearing how much stuff I know about Michael Jackson right now. <laughs> I'm upsetting myself. I think we better move on then, but uh, for all you Michael fans, you'll soon have a whole virtual world to share with your fans and pedophilia. I think we'll end on that now. Pedophilia. <laughs> all right, we got another bit of bad news, uh, a bit of sad news, depending on uh, what you, uh, especially if you're a Halo fan. Uh, we got Microsoft Game Studios Vice President Phil Spe- uh, Spencer telling IGN that three years between Halo releases, uh, releases may not be enough. As if we didn't know Halo would not continue after would continue after Reach. Oh my god, spoilers. Apparently, um, MGS and Microsoft are going to try for an Activision-style release calendar here and go for two to one year breaks in between future, future Halo games. And um, from our response on our site and on everywhere else I've seen, People aren't really liking this. They like the two to three year gap. That's a, a bit of Q, a QA for them, quality assurance. But Mont, I know you're a huge Halo fan. Uh, oh looking yeah. Looking forward to the Call of Duty style Halos every year on the year. Ah, <laughs> uh, more. Halo at war. Halo zombies. Can't they fucking see what they're doing here? I mean, hasn't this gone on long enough? Don't we know by now that yearly releases isn't a good idea? I mean, it makes money if that's all they if that it fills their bottom line. So yeah, but I here's the thing: if you make if you make a Halo game every three years, you'll each time one comes out, you'll break the record of uh, how many sales you can do in 24 hours. If you make them every year, you won't. I disagree. Call of Duty's been making has been hitting its yeah. Granted, they don't up themselves every year, but they've pretty much hit a standard or a record at some point every year. Well, they they have it is the. They had the uh, fortune of of using the same engine for four years now, uh, which may, means that they can, you know, get down to actually making the game rather than spending so much time on on the uh, on the engine coding and all that stuff, which really is the bulk of the work. Um, oh, yeah. And Halo has been doing this as well. Uh, but I would like to point out that the Treyarch games of Call of Duty still has, even though they've sold well, they haven't really been the 
huge hits that uh, the uh, Infinity Ward games have been. Well, that's because they comparatively suck, but moving on. That's because we're talking yearly releases, and uh, people, after buying the first Treyarch game, have started to smart up. If they do this, <laughs> if, hey, if, if Microsoft does this, and Bungie goes away, right, and Microsoft does this, people, it's not like people don't know. People will find out, and they will stop buying that much of the game. Uh, it's just, I, I guess if, you, if they have to make the decision if they want to kill the franchise quickly and uh, make some money of it, off of it, or if they want to keep the franchise going and make even more money out of it, but perhaps spend a little more money as well. So, Trevor, your thoughts? Are you are you going to be picking up a Halo every year, or are you? Uh... Uh, I don't pick up a Halo every year right now, or every two <laughs> years right now. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to hear this actually. Um. I think most of us who played Reach can kind of see the engine and the playstyle getting a little bit ragged on the edges. Uh, and personally, I was kind of looking forward to seeing the series exit Bungie's hands and possibly get some sort of renovation uh, that could put it into a more interesting spectrum. But I uh, did not expect them to, to just turn it out into uh, you know a yearly thing. It, it doesn't make much sense. And there's a weird ratio that happens. That like uh, if you consistently put out games in uh, three-year periods, you will uh, exponentially increase fan base and therefore sell more copies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if you do that same thing at a higher volume, like yearly, you will alienate fan base and decrease the amount of copies. Yep. And I feel like that's what they're going to do. I, I think they'd be better off releasing downloadable content for a for a Halo game. Uh, and picking up some revenue on that, than than generating whole new games. That's some. You know they're just gonna pack. They're, they're just gonna package DLC as a full game. ODST. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> they're but, incapable of doing DLC packs for this beyond map packs and weapons. Well, I guess Microsoft's problem mainly is that they have this policy where they have to charge, basically, huge amounts for everything on the on the XBLA store. Horse armor. Yeah, so, you know, whereas PC and PlayStation doesn't have that problem, they can be as free as they want. Uh, so, I, I, I don't really think there's going to be that much difference for, for, for Halo, being a Microsoft-only franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I if, just, they, if they want to adopt the Call of Duty lifestyle, they're probably going to get another studio on it, and I personally like to see, I don't know, maybe they can finagle a... Uh, Gears of War and Halo crossover, since most of the both of those series seem to be winding down. Mm. You know, pl- plasma be- and plasma sword versus uh, whatever the fuck you call that chain of all things. Sure, sure, whatever. Yeah. So you know, machismo versus machismo. <laughs> but yeah, so voice your opinion. I know everyone. Everyone's got an opinion when it comes to Halo. It's on our site. Check it out. We are moving on to a shooter that we at Elder Geek here are much more anticipatory over than anything Halo has, Medal of Honor. And, uh, of course, we must return to the, uh, the controversy that uh, with them having the Taliban as playable forces, uh, that sounded weird, Taliban, not Taliban, uh, in mul- as a playable multiplayer force. It's gotten a lot of heat, and now it's getting very specific. We've had it from pundits, mothers, basically everyone putting words in the soldiers' mouths that we're actually going to be playing as. We've never heard from actual soldiers. Industry Gamers has resolved that in a recent interview, and which we have, of course, linked in our page. But probably the most interesting uh, one here is from uh, a quote we have 
from a special ops or special operations forces soldier here who only who we only know as Justin in question marks states that the game is a recruiting tool for the Taliban. I'll I'll have him I'll quote him here to uh, so you know exactly where he's coming from. Taliban will use this game as a recruiting tool. If you are thinking about a reason to hate this game, I just gave you the only reason that makes sense to me. Every time they make the news for claiming a bomb or whatnot, even if they didn't do it, you are giving the Taliban unneeded press. Adding them to this game is a small victory for them, as they are now recognized as a legitimate fighting force. Now, in terms of the complaints lodged at the multiplayer, I think this is definitely more on the nose than anything has been. But, Mots, you have been my co-pilot throughout this entire controversy. What, where are you sitting with this new... Uh, this news quoting development. Uh, it's so it's so hard to form an opinion <laughs> on this thing. Uh, you kind of burnt out on Medal of Honor. You're like, I'm I'm so done with the Taliban. Yeah, it's just I mean I respect the I respect that that people might be offended by it, and I ex- I respect that people uh, might see this as as a as a bad idea. But I am so much for freedom of speech that I'm just gonna have to say fuck you. Whoa, to the special he's gonna come to your house, man. <laughs> he's gonna parachute in and like just yeah. smash through your through your roof and point a gun that's still not available to the public in your face and just yeah. take you out. <laughs> well I mean Maybe I'll just, just melee you. I just I don't know. Yeah, probably knife me in the head. That's what I <laughs> that's what I do on Battlefield Bad Company, by the way, so uh-huh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the competition, uh, but um, it's just if they want to do it, let them do it. Just you know, who are we to say? Uh, you know, oh, we can say whether we like, obviously, but who are we to stop them? I mean, if they want to have uh, have the players play as the Taliban uh, in multiplayer, then do it. I mean, it's it's exactly the same thing as the players playing as Nazis. Only the Nazis, yes. only the Nazis are you know. Uh, insignificant uh, force in the world right now, so we don't really care. Um, whereas the Taliban is is a legitimate threat, um, and you know, I mean, in 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 crisis, you play as North Korea, and in you know everything. It's just, it's 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 mainly this whole fucking uh, sensitive uh, conservative base that just hates being challenged in any way and I can see that yes I, I think he is right I think this does sort of legitimize uh, the Taliban as a uh, fighting force but they've been that for a while now I mean it's not it's not like we we just this is a huge surprise to anyone so I just I don't really see what the major issue is all right well I think before we have you try uh, we retread a, too much ground uh, Trevor mm. any thoughts on this before we move on I would say uh, Deadliest Warrior on the A&E channel legitimized <laughs> the Taliban as uh, a fighting force. But, I mean, I, I agree, free speech, yada, yada. But yeah. for the sake of argument, I, think, I can think about the other side. Whereas, And I agree, Nazis, we've been playing as Nazis in, like, uh, all kinds of games over the years. But the Nazi, the games that involved us playing as Nazis were... Um, 20 years after, 30 years after World War II, I don't know, dates. Mm. I, I failed out of school. But um, <laughs> this is something that's still going on, and there's still people fighting against the uh, the Taliban. So having giving Americans the ability to be a Taliban person 
and shoot an American in the face. I'm assuming that's what you can do. Okay. Um, Possibly too far? I mean, although agreeing with free speech, and if you don't support this, then hey, I got an idea. Don't support it. Um, I can see where people might be coming from. Uh, Oh, yeah, definitely the emotionality of it. The relevancy is the issue. It's like if they made a... uh, What's that game where you do the planes? I always forget the name. Uh, Ace Combat? Yeah. The game that you do the planes. That game where you fly some planes around. <laughs> I don't got book learning. Um, uh, it had a level in that game where you could play as the Taliban and fly into the World Trade Center. Relevancy. It's probably not something uh, you would be willing to do. All right, mm. All right and probably, probably to get some egg on my face in terms of the response to this, but... Just for for me personally, just that would be hilarious. I would get a lot, I would get a lot of value out of that, just because I, I I would sit back and watch Fox News for the next three days after that game came out, just uh, to bask in the glow of the hate. Mm. But yeah, I think we've made a lot of good points here. This controversy doesn't seem to end, and it, in just, the end, it's going to be great for EA. So I would just like to add one last thing. Uh, I played the beta of Medal of Honor, and I played as Taliban, and I think we can rest easy, because I, I don't think a lot of people will be playing that game, because it was really bad. <laughs> so, so, I don't think it's that big of a problem. <laughs> okay, but I think we could, uh, we could all agree, we don't like the Taliban, we're not trying to support them, but we are moving on to our final topic of this week. And yes, I saved it for the final topic because I'm a fanboy for the site and kind of got kind of got pissed off with what they did here. Goodoldgames.com, GOG.com, G-O-G.com, recently announced that it was shutting down its service completely, disbanding its domain and all that stuff. Big hullabaloo about it. And uh, they announced that there will be a few details later, probably post something so people will be able to re-download their games just so they didn't lose anything. Those days passed. And they came back and said, haha, we just played a little bit joke on you. We are re-ish- we are redeveloping our sites, going for, uh, going beyond the beta phase, and now we are just, you know, re-energizing our, our site. That was all a joke. So, a, a bit of a, a dick move on their part, but GOG.com has now had a revision, and we have the exhaustive video library detailing it on our site. They really go into detail. You watch a video, and they're describing, you know, related tabs and rating counts and all that stuff so if you really want to know we got it for you but i don't know really hit me as a dick movie here i've been a, i've been a fan of the site the drm free pc classics download digital distribution site that we all know trevor what about you you've been you've been a fan is this what is this something you like to see sites do uh i like the idea um that gog has done i've never personally interacted with it uh i can admit huge dick move and i would i would want people to to show some sort of force of not interacting with them because of it. Uh, Whoa. Website okay. T-Shirt Hell did that uh, when they said that they were being shut down because of the content of the shirts. And they were like, oh, just kidding. We just wanted to make, you know, get you guys to buy stuff. Like, it, it's huge to move. But digress. Um, yes, I really like the idea. That what they do is great, I should just say. I, mm-hmm. I support what they do 100%. Okay, Mons, I'm holding. Yeah, Mons, I'm holding you a little bit more responsible because these guys that run the site, they have accents that sound European. So I'm associating with the, them with you in my kind of standard, stupid American way of association. So, so what do you have to say for yourself, man? So, so is this what we expect? So yeah, putting on, what, myself. So putting myself into their shoes, 
and thinking like them, I'd imagine I did this because I wanted to see how fierce and how loyal the community behind my site was. And I wanted mm. to threaten them with uh, with uh, disbandment uh, just to see how much they would react and just get this nice warm feeling inside that I was important and people cared about me. Uh, so the classic fear business model? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so next month I would perhaps plan some sort of huge uh, fake hack of the site where people would lose their accounts and be all all scared and all all desperate, and I would heroically uh, ride in and save everyone, uh, so I would get even more praise and, and that warm fuzzy feeling would come back. Yeah, uh, leak all the uh, credit card information and then heroically <laughs> capture it back. I see yeah. where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is 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 perhaps what I would have done. Now I'm not saying I'm going to do that in any way to eldergeek.com. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> yes, the credit card information you gave us for eldergeek.com. <laughs> yeah. That gold yeah. strip is looking pretty shitty right now. <laughs> uh, but okay. I think I think probably this is. I mean, I mean, I'm serious. I think maybe that's what they were thinking when they did this. Or they're just out of the public eye and they wanted to get back in. Maybe. Hey. Yeah. It worked. It's not as cool as a uh, uh, conspiracy. Uh... <laughs> to get that warm fuzzy feeling. Yeah, warm fuzzy <laughs> conspiracy theories are a lot better than. They, they should have. They should have had allowed you to browse the site as the Taliban. That would have gotten a bit. Of... <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been a lot better. And then you could buy. Uh, you could buy video of somebody uh, playing the game instead of actually playing it yourself. <laughs> I exactly. Yeah, satisfy the Activision model. Right. Well, well, well done to bring in all I of think, our news stories, and I oh think that's a, I think th- that's a good way to end it. I don't. Um, bit of a dick move, Monza. I'll give you the final word. <laughs> I was really going to say, I, I, I can imagine them doing the whole, uh, give us the site back, or we'll chop this guy has guy's head off the business. <laughs> we will cook this bunny unless he yeah. Press the site to come back on. Oh, the PETA lobby would be pissed. But yeah, oh, that yeah. is our new, that is our news for the week, guys. We have a lot more on the site that we didn't get to, didn't have enough time, including updates on the Supreme Court case that's coming up in early November. Be sure to check those out. But otherwise, we're done with the news. We're yeah. all done. We and are we're all dead, except for Trevor. Yeah, and Trevor. and, uh, and I I can imagine that me and Gavin will be feasting on him uh, after the show. So uh... I've been smelling his brains through the internet. They sound pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna get me some. Uh, gonna get me some tortilla chips, maybe a bit of Tabasco for the brain. Yeah. I've always. Have you tried this? I, I I didn't try this with my previous victim, but I've always wanted to eat brains with chopsticks. I think that sounds. Oh no! I mean, I, I open up the I open up the head cavity, you know, um, scalp them, and then remove the the remaining uh, skull. And I see the brain, and just it it looks too solid to pick apart with chopsticks. It feels like I would be like ripping it, tearing it. Well, well, obviously you would use them sort of as a as a knife first, and just poke holes in it, and to make it more loose and more squishy. And then you would you know pick up the different brain matter with the chopstick and just mount on them. No, so, uh, like all chopstick events, you'd take about three bites and then just switch to a fork. We all do it. Well, I mean, we are zombies, so we might just. Dip our head in there and just. You know, it's a, it's a common misconception that zombies are the only people that can eat brains. You know, uh, it's kind of offensive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, before I was a zombie, I used to do it all the time. I was actually I known as the Norwegian uh, cannibal. So I have a Chinese restaurant down the street that, that just sells them. They're cheap too. That's yeah. That's how I, that's how I learned that the best way to eat brains is to completely decapitate the victim, open up the head cavity, and just have it like a you know a a bowl of dip. 
Just so sitting you, on the coffee table. Really so great yeah, conversation yeah. starter, too. So let me understand this, Gavin. You completely skipped the whole uh, mad gnawing at face zombie face? You went no, straight I, I, for the gourmet? Uh, you mainly, mainly because, yeah, no, 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 no. I like, I like to use all, all parts of my victim. I mean, I, gnawing at the face, it completely disregards the, the future fact, the future presentation factor of it. Mm. After I'm done with the brain, close up the head cavity and mount it on, you know, a, a nice shelf or something. Maybe fill in the cavity with a, a rock so it won't tip over or something like that. They make great bookends and it's just a really nice to have around the house. That's kind of like anti, uh, ant, a- antlers or, or yeah, those fish on board that you push a button and they sing. See, see, I should have done that. I mean, Randy was a terrible teacher. Uh, you know, when he, he made also, me... He also tastes terrible. He's way, way too salty. When he made me a zombie, we would just go around eating other zombies, and it tasted horrible. Uh, Wait, why? I mean, Dude, that's not, that's not good. That's not cool, man. That's, I, not, that's, that's, that's gross. That's that's zombie well, cannibalism. That's well, like... The thing, uh, is, disgusting. the thing is, I mean, we were so hungry that there's no one alive up there that... All of Norway is basically just zombies, and since I we're such a ah no, actually that's New Zealand. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we have yeah, cows. You're racist, brick. We, we have cows and horses mostly, and some goats. <laughs> and yeah, animal brain just doesn't really it just it doesn't taste the same. It's like tofu, uh, like tofurkey or like veggie dogs. It's just like oh, this is insulting. Yeah, and it's it's really hard to see the the soul in their eyes. I mean, I like to look my victims in the face in the eyes when I kill them and eat them. So I slowly see the soul die out. It gives me a, you know, a sense of satisfaction that I've really done some good honest work this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you it really drives home the the effort factor of it. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's okay, but, all this uh, talk about all this talk about brains and stuff has got me like got me starving so trevor just you know remain where you are i know you're gonna try to escape it's not nice i mean i have uh you know i have the hordes placed that uh, entirely in your uh around your house you're pretty much surrounded and you know the general no hope situation don't try to save yourself don't try to be a hero etc etc yeah. i will come I, and eat like your brain say good luck because uh, i gotta go pre-order the michael jackson game and nothing's oh. gonna stop me so. dude you do not that is so rude i mean he has told you he's coming over for dinner and you just leave but I don't oh, want that's... to miss out on the Michael Jackson game. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go to the store and not be there. GameStop tells me that I have to do this. So I'm sorry. I just I have to go. I have to. Well, right, since, I'm putting a zombie it's... hit on you. Uh, on you, I just got to. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. And anyone that can bring me his decapitated head in in the in the dip, in the bowl faction that I've stated. Hey, Gavin. Shh. But... Don't get... It's okay. Michael Jackson is a zombie too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go pre-order. Have fun, man. Yeah. I, I got GameStop. No, no worries. Don't, don't forget what I said. Nothing, nothing bad is ever gonna happen to you ever again. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's good to know. It's very and, good to know. And that's a wrap. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Rain.